Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we take a look at potential coaching candidates for the Winnipeg Jets, including... The dream scenario of Barry Trotz hitting the open market. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, hope you guys enjoyed your weekend because I know everybody in the province sure as hell enjoyed their start to Monday after the stunning announcement from Long Island that Lou Lamorello's Islanders did the unthinkable and fired the Prince of Dauphin himself. How dare you? But I'll tell you what. Sometimes in pro sports, and in life I guess too, it's all about timing. A little bit of luck thrown in as well, but it's all about timing. And boy do the Jets all of a sudden find themselves in a pretty, pretty interesting situation with, checks the notes here, an opening at head coach with Barry freaking Trotz. Sitting out there in the open now, looking for a brand new gig. And it's funny because I was actually planning on focusing this episode around the different coaching names that the Jets could be looking at this offseason before Monday got underway. But then the Trots News all but guaranteed that. So to kick off the week here, we'll talk coaches and, and we'll get right into it. Right there. There's no other way we can start this episode off other than looking at the actual realistic possibility all of a sudden that Barry Trotz could return home to coach the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get to some other names a little bit later on in the episode in a few different categories, but let's start with Trotz himself. Now, I gotta say as well, I don't think I've ever seen the Winnipeg Jets fan base this unanimously in support of anything. I don't know if any fan base in any sport has ever been in agreement about anything as much as what we saw after the news that the Islanders let go trots. But the second that announcement came out, I have to say the bare minimum was 99% of Jets fans saying something along the lines of, do whatever it takes, but get this guy to Winnipeg ASAP. I don't care about money. I don't care about term. I don't care about promises. Get this guy to Winnipeg right now. And I'm 100% in agreement with that as well, right? Like, 
I sent out the tweet that this needs to be plan A, B, C, all the way through Z. This should be, over the next couple of weeks here, the only thing the Winnipeg Jets are focusing all of their energy on. And I, look, I, I, don't, I don't think I have to outline why Barry Trotz makes sense behind the bench. His resume speaks for itself. The other names on the list I have, there's pros and cons for each of them, but... I don't know, can, can anybody think of the negative in, in bringing Dolphins' finest back home to Manitoba? I, I just don't see the downside whatsoever. And on top of it, too, it's kind of scary just how perfect the fit appears to be on the surface, right? Like, look at every major issue the Winnipeg Jets have, and look at the checklist that I think most of us are looking to tick off all the boxes for when it comes to a potential head coach. And, and Trotz fits all of that, right? Like, what's the number one on-ice issue, for example, that's plagued the Jets for season after season after season? It's been structure, commitment to defense, right? All that stuff. Tough to score against, but mainly play inside their own half of the ice. That's been this team's biggest bugaboo for four to five seasons. Those are the literal hallmarks of Barry Trotz coach teams, right? Like with three separate franchises as well. And and teams in different stages, right? Like the taking taking the job of the Nashville Predators as an expansion team with relatively little talent and, and building the culture there and having the Preds known as one of the most difficult teams to go up against and score against in the NHL. Then you have you know the high-flying, formerly high-flying Capitals. Barry Trotz took them and, and molded them, and we'll get to that in just a sec here. And then moving over to the New York Islanders. Maybe a team in a similar mold to the Nashville Predators, but doing so basically a decade after he did the same thing with Nashville in a completely different era and style of hockey, and he had... The New York Islanders, you know, a goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe the team that's given the, the Tampa Bay Lightning their hardest battles in back-to-back -back cup runs. Barry Trotz was the mastermind behind just how difficult the Islanders have been to crack over, you know, two of the past three seasons at the very least. He's been able to achieve some amazing, amazing, amazing defensive results with extremely remarkable consistency in different locations. It's just so, so hard to do. Then if you look at, you know, what the biggest off-ice issue is, when it comes to the personnel and, and the players with the team, and we all know what that is, right? It's, it's accountability, right? It's holding these players accountable, especially some of these high-end skill players accountable, where ice time gets slashed and responsibilities get cut down, if you're not bringing your level of play up to an appropriate level. Well, guess what? Trotz has the resume. He's got the reputation. He's got the name cachet. He's got all that, that if you are braining it night in and night out, you're not going to be getting a whole lot of ice time. I, I don't think there might be some people that have issues with Barry Trotz and his coaching style, but I don't think a lack of accountability has ever come up once in his coaching career. So there's two of the most critical issues the Winnipeg Jets have to figure out checked off in a massive, massive way just by bringing in Barry Trotz. You don't have to change anything else. Just by bringing him alone in solves the majority of the issues that this team has. 
And then on top of it, too, even if you look at this from, from True North's point of view, you want to bring somebody in that has ties to to Winnipeg, to the province of Manitoba, you know, ties to the organization, True North itself. You want all those things? Well, I don't know how much more Manitoban you can get than Barry Trot, right? I mean, a guy that started his his coaching career in this province, he's a Manitoban through and through. He's one of the rare coaching names that will actually get this fan base fired up, right? Like, Barry Trotz might actually sell some tickets. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of coaches that you could say that for, but the hiring of Barry Trotz will rejuvenate a fan base that showed a little bit of apathy and, you know, maybe hesitancy to, to pony up some big bucks with the way the Jets have played these past couple of years. There's that part of it too. And I know from my perspective, like somebody outside the organization, I think it's a win-win because you get someone with ties, some local ties, but he's he's not necessarily wedded to the true North point of view, right? Like it's not bringing in a guy like Randy Carlisle or Scott Arneal just because they've worked with, you know, the Moose and true North in the past. You're bringing somebody in with, a fresh perspective and a new set of eyes. And I think that element is extremely important too. So you can keep going down the list here, right? I mean, Barry Trotz just checks off each and every box, experience, championship pedigree, local ties, defensive structure, like everything that he does best is exactly what this team needs. And not only that too, but getting back to his stint with the Washington Capitals, you could make the case. It's not. Look, it's not a perfect comparison. I, I totally get that. But if you look at the way that the Capitals were built and the way the trajectory of that franchise and with that group of players, is there not a lot of similarities to what the Winnipeg Jets are going through right now? The Capitals were a extremely, extremely skilled group that had difficulties defending, had a really good goaltender behind them, but couldn't find a way to gel as a team and, and play an extremely structured game. And they just couldn't get over the hump that was the Pittsburgh Penguins in, in round two for a long, long time. Until Barry Trotz came in, they found that balance of playing physical defensive hockey, but maintaining some of their high-end offensive skill. And it ultimately paid off for them with a the Stanley Cup victory against the Vegas Golden Knights, the team that, you know incidentally, took down the Winnipeg Jets in the Western Conference Finals not all that long ago. It just really does seem to be this perfect marriage of finding a coach, a veteran coach with a proven track record, who knows how to get it done, who knows how to mold a skilled yet troubled team into a complete club that is worthy of contending for the Stanley Cup year in, year out. It's just really hard not to get excited about the potential of Barry Trotz manning the bench next season right here in Winnipeg. And I'll, I'll tell you what, too. If Barry Trotz is the guy and, and they find a way to get it done, you're not going to be seeing a whole lot of, oh, look, there's a defenseman chasing a forward up to the blue line anymore. Or, oh, there's a forward left wide open in the slot again for another grade-A chance against Connor Hellebuck. Those issues will be long, long gone, long in the rearview mirror. Hell, it, it might even actually be fun and, and relaxing to watch the Winnipeg Jets play defense inside their own zone. So there's a lot to get excited about. Now, I guess the 
potential. I, there, there's two potential negatives here. I, I guess you could look at here. It's it's mostly positive. It's like ninety five percent positive, but two negatives and in, in, in different sort of veins as well. The first is I guess if you're gonna try to pick one potential con here about Barry Trotz as a head coach, it might be that well if he's such a good head coach. Why did his previous team let him go after going to back-to-back conference finals appearances and then a season that saw them disappoint in a massive, massive fashion and had them completely underperform and fail to reach expectations in the same way that the Winnipeg Jets did this season? I, I guess that's a, a fair point to make. You know, my reaction to that would just be that it's pretty easy to explain away just why and how the New York Islanders so massively underperformed this year. It was just kind of a Murphy's Law season where everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Islanders, right? I mean, you have, what was it, like that 13-game road trip to start off the year because their new barn was still being built. So you're already behind the eight ball from a scheduling perspective. Then you come into your new barn and you're trying to get acclimated to that. Then the Islanders got hit with that major, major COVID outbreak I think it was the first one in the NHL at the time before the league paused for a little bit. But they were just completely decimated to the point where half their lineup was out for an extended period of time. And then imagine, you know, if for anybody that's that's had COVID, you know, my, myself very recently, imagine trying to perform at the highest level dealing with some of the after effects of, of having a positive test, right? Like it, it's... It's just, there was a lot of excuses. The injuries piled up for them as well. A ton of hockey for them over the past two seasons going deep into the playoffs. It's For me, it's just really easy to explain this as kind of an anomaly season for the New York Islanders. And you know what, if they brought Barry Trotz back next year, I imagine it would be a team that would contend and, and be right back into the playoff mix once again. So I, I'm not too concerned about the bad year that the Islanders just had. You know, another point that some people have made to some people in the know around the team is that you know what he rubbed a lot of players the wrong way and there might be a handful of guys that aren't too upset to see him go because he has been a difficult coach to deal with a very demanding coach to deal with and when I hear that I gotta be honest that actually makes me happy (laughs) like isn't that exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need isn't that exactly what Paul Stasny was begging for at, at his end-of-the-year conference? Jumping in front of Blake Wheeler answering a question, right? Like, this team needs a guy that might piss off a couple of players. I I, I love that. I, I think that's great for the Jets. And if it means a potentially shorter shelf life for Barry Trotz's tenure here in Winnipeg, but it's a successful one, sign me up for that seven days of the week. I'm not too concerned. So, for me... The one con you can look at for his, you know, most recent results, to me, it's very, very, very little concern and, and shouldn't be, shouldn't dissuade the Winnipeg Jets whatsoever from pursuing him, pursuing him very hard. Now, that brings us to the second potentially negative part of all this. And, you know, that's the fact that, guess what? If the Winnipeg Jets want Barry Trotz to be their head coach, so does any other team in the NHL that has a head coaching vacancy, right? There is going to be some major, major competition for his services. And I'll tell you what, there's going to be there's going to be a team or two that is currently playing in the playoffs right now that is going to let go of their head coach 
probably with the sole focus in mind of trying to make Barry Trotz their new coaching hire. So there's going to be some major competition here and from some teams that we might not just know that are in the mix just yet. Now, if we're looking at specifically teams that have a coaching vacancy right now, you feel pretty good about the Winnipeg Jets' chances. Now, that's just teams with a vacancy. But obviously, the Islanders are not going to be bringing Barry Trotz back. But then you're talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, unless Barry Trotz's only goal right now is to be a glutton for punishment and he wants the biggest challenge of his career, he ain't going to Philadelphia. So I, <laughs> as much as I would like to see that, I don't see it happening unless they you know, hand him 10 mil a year or something. So I, I, I would already kind of throw the Flyers out of the mix. Could be surprised, but I'll throw them out of the mix here. You look at Detroit, while there's a ton of history, I mean, the chance to work with Stevie Eiserman as your GM, does that really fit the mold that Barry Trotz is looking for right now? Like, would you not think that if if you're a soon-to-be 60-year-old Barry Trotz, that you want a team that's, you know, pretty close to, to getting it done right now? The Red Wings are just kind of beginning their ascent to being a bubble team, let alone an actual contending team. I mean, if you're talking about Philly, Detroit, Winnipeg, to me, Winnipeg is the clear clubhouse leader there. So that's the one nice thing is that teams with current coaching vacancies, I think the Jets are at the top of the list. But then you get into the teams that might have vacancies. Vegas is the scary one for sure, because that's a team that is ready-made, put a Barry Trotz behind the bench, and you feel pretty good about your chances of going deep into the postseason. That, that's the biggest team to, to kind of worry about right now. The one thing, though, is that, which I feel like a lot of people are forgetting, is Peter DeBoer is still the coach in Vegas, right? Like, I, I get he's on the hottest seat possible, but they haven't made a change, and their season ended over a week ago. So while Vegas does seem to be a nice fit, they still have a guy behind the bench there that they are going to be paying for next season. So at the very least, that, that gives the Winnipeg Jets a, a, a bit of a leg up, right? And there's also the fact that you wonder how many guys are, you wonder how many guys even in Trotz's situation are willing to go to a franchise in Vegas that has shown, you know, loyalty isn't a super big thing for us. It's all about results, right? Like that might dissuade some guys. It might make some guys want to come there, but it might be, uh, maybe I'll, I'll check what else is out there instead. The big one I'm worried about is actually the Florida Panthers. Just because, I mean, they are not playing very good right now in their series with the Capitals. Very fortunate to have that one tied up at two. But Andrew Burnett, while he led them to the President's Trophy this past season and did a great job in doing so, he's the interim coach, right? And for an ownership group that is being really, really aggressive right now, you could understand the concept of, you know, we've got a team that is in it right now and might be as big of a contender as anybody else in the league. If we get Barry Trotz in, that might be the piece that pushes us over the top. I can understand them going that way. And man, oh man, even with the Manitoba ties, that would be a tough one to turn down if you're Barry Trotz. The chance to relax in the Florida sun, coach a team as exciting as the Panthers and get them over the hump. That's the one I'm most worried about. If you're the Winnipeg Jets you might be cheering for the Panthers to get onto round two so that they don't have to look at a guy like Barry Trotz as a potential solution to what ails that team behind the bench there. So even the negatives, in all honesty, are are kind of viewed at a positive slant, aren't they? 
you know, and the one thing that the Jets will have over all these teams, you know, regardless of of personnel, regardless of money, all that, the one thing the Winnipeg Jets can offer Barry Trotz that no other team in the NHL can is a chance to return home. And if that turns out to be a deal breaker for him, doesn't matter what any of those teams have to offer. It means Barry Trotz is coming to coach the Winnipeg Jets. So it's just, it's crazy. It was something that I think a lot of people looked at and said, boy, could you imagine if if this miracle came to be and the Jets had this chance to have Barry Trotz? Well, guess what? Now it's here. And, and the Winnipeg Jets are going to be on the short list of teams that are on Barry Trotz's radar. We'll see how this plays out. But we might be looking in a couple of weeks' time at Man, oh man, what could a Barry Trotz Winnipeg Jets coach team look like headed into game one? And you want to talk about starting your offseason off on the right foot? There is no bigger. This would be a grand slam walk-off ninth inning of the World Series if Kevin Chevaldeov has a press conference sometime in June introducing Barry Trotz as the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. So just let that one sink in for a little bit. Now, if that doesn't play out... There are going to be some other names that the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to look to. We'll get to all of those names in just a sec. But before we do that, we do have to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, and ready to give you deals all postseason long and some big time money coming your way on top of that too. Because right now, DraftKings is offering new customers a chance to win $100 in free bets if you bet just 5 bucks on any team to win in the NHL postseason. Doesn't matter the result, win or lose, you bet 5 bucks, you're getting $100 in free bets coming your way thanks to DraftKings. A reminder, two same-game parlays are on tap now if you sign into DraftKings and you can still win money each and every day if Sportsbook is not available in your province or state just yet with their free daily contest as well download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN bet five dollars on any NHL team to win and get a hundred dollars in free bets no matter what that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see the show notes for more details now I kind of to be honest, I kind of hate going into this part of the episode right now because I'm all jacked up on Barry Trotz. I, I don't even want to talk about other names that could be coming here to Winnipeg because it's, yeah, let's be honest, it's going to be a bit of a downgrade and it's going to be a major bummer if, if Barry Trotz isn't the guy next season here in Winnipeg. Having said that, though, there are some na- sure there's some names to be concerned about, and we'll get to those in just a bit, but there are some potentially exciting names up for grabs, that are looking for head coaching jobs, whether they be up-and-coming assistants, whether they be first-time guys, or whether they be coaches that have had a run or two in them before and are looking for a second or a third chance. There's some intriguing options and different ways the Winnipeg Jets could go down here, so we should touch on them as well, just in case the Prince of Dauphin doesn't have a bit of a homecoming here in a couple weeks' time. Now, We'll push the exciting names to the side for just a quick second here. I want to end off on a positive note. We started on a positive note. Let's end on a positive note. So we'll kick off our look at potential coaching names for the Winnipeg Jets with some with some ones that are on the negative side of things. Now, two names, two big, 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 big names for me 
that I'm going to put in the category of just stay away from. And we all know the situations that both of these coaches have found themselves in, you know, different circumstances, but ones for me that are just non-negotiable, don't want them anywhere near my team. And that is obviously Joel Quenville. We all know his situation with the Chicago Blackhawks being essentially forced into resigning from the Florida Panthers. I just don't want to be part of that. I mean, we, we all know the story. To me, there's not a whole lot to get into there other than the fact that, you know, Joel Quinville should never be coaching again behind a bench in the NHL or, quite frankly, any professional hockey league. Mike Babcock, meanwhile, his coaching tactics obviously have come under fire over the past several seasons since he was let go from the Toronto Maple Leafs. The way he's treated players over the past decade of his coaching career is, is honestly sickening. From the Mitch Marner incident in, in Toronto to the way he treated a number of, of highly respected Red Wings veterans and the amount of players that have come out and speak it out against Mike Babcock and some of the things that he did. You know, not, not just Mike Commodore, but, but guys like Chris Chelios and some really, really highly respected decorated veterans saying this guy was a complete jerk and crossing the line. I mean, I, right? Like Johan Franzen has... A mental breakdown and panic attacks from the way that Mike Babcock treated. I, I, to me, I, I'm just done with that. I, I know coaches and, and people deserve second chances, but I'm just not willing to be the one that gives it to Mike Babcock. I, I don't, I don't really know if he's he's learned from his mistakes. Don't love the way he refers to himself with the third person time and time again. I, that's just a guy that I want to steer clear from. Don't want him being, you know, essentially one of the faces of the franchise. Really, the head coach is, in a way, almost the CEO of your team. I don't want that guy to be Mike Babcock. Now, the next category I have on my coaching list, I've labeled uninspiring. It's it's names and, you know, <laughs> names we talked about in our last episode, but just ones that I think for the majority of the fan base here, it would kind of force them to retreat into, into apathy mode once again. It's it's names that I think we're familiar with, but just not ones that push the needle in a positive direction. We spoke last episode about Randy Carlyle and Scott Arneal as names from Elliot Friedman that could potentially be near the top of the Winnipeg Jets wish list. Again, we got into it last week, so I'm not going to go super in-depth on Carlyle and Arneal, but for me... You know, Carlisle certainly has the championship pedigree. That, I mean, you got a Stanley Cup. There's no doubt about that. His recent coaching success, to me, leaves a lot to be desired. And Scott Arneal really hasn't had any coaching success at the professional level, right? Like, he, it sounds like a solid assistant coach, but as a head coach, didn't do a great job in Columbus over a decade ago and hasn't been really sought after as a head coach in the NHL since then. I just worry that the ties to True North are more important than what those two bring to the table. And, and that's why I think two names that don't necessarily inspire a ton of confidence for me. In a similar vein, Elaine Vigneault is a name that's been thrown out as well. Again, a guy that has ties to True North, obviously the head coach of the Moose for a number of seasons and, and kind of the catalyst for bringing along a large chunk of the Canucks youth when they went on their Stanley Cup run. Guys like Bieksa and Burroughs and Kessler and a few others as well. You know, for me, Elaine Vigneault's most recent run with the Philadelphia Flyers, in all honesty, it should. I don't know if it will, 
but it should keep him from coaching again in the NHL. It's just it was that much of a disaster. And all the issues that plague the Winnipeg Jets right now were major issues in Elaine Vigneault's demise with the Philadelphia Flyers, right? The Flyers might have been even worse defensively than the Winnipeg Jets were these past few seasons. And he's had trouble connecting with young players. He had trouble connecting with, you know, pretty much any player on the Philadelphia Flyers. And he threw his his young superstar goalie under the bus as well on top of it. I, I just, I think it's, I think Elaine Vigneault's time has kind of expired as a high-end coach in the NHL, and it's a guy that I would steer clear from if I was the Winnipeg Jets. Now, shifting to a more positive gear, let's look at some names that are on the radar that we've heard from from different insiders and things like that that are going to be getting head coaching interviews across the NHL, and, and some some names that you heard of before, some, some names that you, you might not have heard of as well, and why they could potentially be good fits here in Winnipeg. We'll start with the... You know, <laughs> this is kind of a negative word. I'm not using it in in a negative connotation here, but I just I couldn't think of a better one here. But but the next category that we're going to talk about, hey, it's going to be negative for some of you. But the next category that we're going to talk about is coaching retreads, guys that have gotten a head coaching gig in the NHL before, but might be able to fit in nicely with the Winnipeg Jets. We've seen a number of guys have. A ton of success, right? I mean, hey, let's be honest. Barry Trotz was one of those. <laughs> Getting a chance with the Washington Capitals and winning the Stanley Cup with them. It, just because somebody's failed at a previous stop doesn't mean that they're destined for failure at a new stop. So let's take a look at some of the names here that are going to be on the open market. Uh, one that I brought up during the regular season just because of how poorly the Winnipeg Jets were playing defensively and the guy that would kick them into, into high gear is John Tortorella. I mean, he's he's going to be a name pretty much every single offseason until he gets another gig. I actually happen to think Torts is a pretty good coach. I don't love the way he deals with players the majority of the time, but it's pretty hard to argue with the results that he's gotten. And there's no doubt that if he comes to a franchise, he's going to put his stamp on that team. They're going to play extremely well defensively, and that's something that the Winnipeg Jets could obviously use. Having said that, though, with Pierre-Luc Dubois' upcoming RFA negotiation on the table. I don't know if you're going to convince him to sign long-term if you bring John Tortorella in. In fact, it might be another trade demand outside of town. So while the concept of Tortorella is appealing to me, you know, the guy himself I just don't think is going to be the proper fit for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Claude Julien is another name. A guy that's had a ton of success and, and a former Stanley Cup winner as well. I, I don't know why, but I don't necess- I, I don't get a ton of excitement when I hear about Claude Julien as, as a potential head coach here at Winnipeg. He's he's done a good job before. I mean, obviously with the Boston Bruins, he he had that team humming like a highly tuned machine for a number of years. But he kind of wore out his welcome in Boston, went to Montreal. It was kind of middling his success. There with the Habs, I, I don't know. I, I wonder how much desire he has to get back into it. I know he's had some health problems as well. It's it's a name that if the Jets made the move, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad one. But I don't think it's one that would send the entire fan base, you know, parading down Main Street or anything like that. But he's going to be a guy that gets a ton of interviews if he wants to this offseason as well. Rick Tockett's a really intriguing one for me. Because it's been a few years now that... He's been kind of making the rounds. He's got the gig with with TNT as well. So his name is more and more 
in the public sphere. But the thing with Rick Tuckett is, while he's kind of a highly sought-after name, the big question for me is, is he even a a good coach, (laughs) right? Like, you look at his record so far in two different stops, and it is extremely underwhelming. I mean, he was not very successful whatsoever with the Tampa Bay Lightning being canned after just two seasons. And his record in Arizona, obviously, well below 500 and and middling to little playoff success. Just that one brief kind of bubble playoff series win against the Nashville Predators. The thing, though, is that his teams, personnel-wise, have not been very good as well. So it's kind of this gray area of, you know, it's tough to determine how good of a coach he is because he hasn't been given a whole lot of talent to work with. So I've got a bit of apprehension when it comes to Rick Tockett, but at least with most of the coaching retreads that we talk about, at least there's a little bit of allure and a little bit of intrigue when it comes to a guy like him. I don't I don't think he's ultimately going to fit into this market. I, I don't think that's something that Rick Tockett's looking for, but at least there's a bit more upside with some of the other names that we mentioned. Two more quickly that we'll get to before we move to our, our final category and a little bit more excitement coming in with those names. Um, but Bruce Boudreaux, we got to mention him again. I've talked about him a ton. I'm not going to get into it here. I just think he's a great coach. He craps out 100-point seasons. Sure, not a ton of playoff success, at least deep playoff runs, but give me a guy that gives you 95, 100-point seasons year in, year out, and you know we'll deal with the playoff success after that. But just the fact that he gets you to the dance every year, I, I think is something that really goes under the radar, considering some of the other names that are up for consideration. The final one is, is probably my favorite retread coaching candidate. And it's a guy that has gone under the radar over the past few seasons, I believe. But I wouldn't mind seeing Kirk Miller get a second shot. And I wouldn't mind if that was here in Winnipeg. You know, he was the most highly sought-after coaching candidate about five, six, seven years ago. Uh, longtime assistant coach with the Montreal Canadiens and then got the chance with the Carolina Hurricanes. Ends up with a 500 record after three seasons and no playoff appearances gets the axe, and and really hasn't gotten much of a sniff since then. Now an assistant coach with the Calgary Flames, who might make themselves a deep postseason run of their own. But to me, when I look at Kirk Muller, I think he can really, really go down the same career path that's two of the more successful head coaches in the NHL right now have gone on in recent years. And that's Bruce Cassidy and Craig Berube. Neither one of those two coaches was remotely successful in their first stops. You know, Bruce Cassidy had a tumultuous tenure with the Capitals and was let go after a couple seasons. Craig Berube was, he was awful in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yet both those guys get a second chance with different teams and they look like absolute diamonds in the rough, don't they? And and that's, I, I can kind of envision Kirk Muller going down a similar path where a tough first go for him. But he gets a chance with a second team. He learns from his mistakes. And he's able to become a really successful head coach. He, he was a winner as a player. I think he can be a winner as a head coach as well. That's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing get an opportunity here in Winnipeg. Even with some, even with the lack of success at the head coaching level in the NHL. Our final category here now. One that we can have maybe a little bit more fun with. 
One with a lot, lot more potential. There's no doubt about it. Maybe more so the boom and bust picks of the bunch. Um, but that is exciting first-time hires. These are all guys that have not been a head coach before at the NHL level. But you give them an opportunity, and they might not let it go. And they might be a guy that coaches your team for the next decade. So you might be unfamiliar with some of these names. But hey, three, four years down the road, they might be household names. When it comes to the NHL. So we'll dive into that here. Now there's two names that I think most hockey fans will know here in Winnipeg. The, the big one that I know everybody here in the city and the province knows about will be Pascal Vincent. Obviously the former coach of the Manitoba Moose kind of unceremoniously let go or decides to take a different opportunity and has been an assistant coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets as of late. I mean, even before he jumped ship and headed out to Columbus, Vincent's name is one that a lot of people have tabbed as, this is a guy that's going to be an NHL coach soon, and he's going to be a damn good one at that. It was a shame and, and kind of disappointing that he left the Jets organization to begin with, because it looked like he was being molded as a future Paul Maurice replacement. This could be an opportunity to remedy that and, and make up for that issue and get him back into the fold and get him back where he belongs. For me, he's one of the rare guys that has ties to True North that I think would get a lot of people excited. He, he just he seems to get it, and he's done some great work with young players in the past. It's not too difficult to envision him continuing that at the NHL level with the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe some concerns that, you know, is it the same message that Paul Maurice was giving? That might be fair, but I mean... Vincent is pretty highly regarded around NHL circles. I, I don't think there would be a whole lot to complain about if the Jets gave him his, his first head coaching gig to take over the Jets and, and try and get them back to where they feel like they belong. The other name is arguably the, the hottest coaching candidate amongst assistant coaches in the NHL, and that's Lane Lambert. And Lane Lambert, coincidentally enough, is the assistant coach on Barry Trotz's staff, or was with the New York Islanders. Now, Lambert has followed Barry Trotz around at, at pretty much any stop he's been at. So there's the chance the Jets could actually double dip and grab Barry Trotz as the head coach and then Lane Lambert is their assistant coach as well. That would be the, the dream, dream, dream scenario. But if Barry Trotz decides to choose somewhere else, I don't know if you could find a guy as good as Lane Lambert to be a first-time coach for you. I mean, he's got an awesome name. Lane Lambert just, it sounds like a superstar name. But putting that aside, he's got the pedigree. He's won championships at different levels. He obviously knows what it takes to get it done. A great track record of working with offensive guys. He'd be, I mean, he, he's going to, if he wants it, be a head coach in the NHL next season. And I think the Winnipeg Jets could do a lot worse than having a guy like Lane Lambert behind the bench. Now, three more names that I'll just throw out there as well for you guys to maybe chew on. Some names that I, I know some people have brought up in the past, probably, maybe unlikely, but just ones to keep an eye on as under-the-radar coaching hires that could be potential home run swings for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the most unlikely of these to get the job, I think, would be Ricard Gromberg. For those that don't know, Grongberg has never coached in the NHL before. He's never coached in the AHL before, but he's been the Sweden national team's longtime head coach, currently coaching, I think, in, in Zurich right now in Switzerland. 
But he's a guy that's been extremely, extremely highly regarded by a number of the high-end Swedish players. Guys like Nicholas Lidstrom, Matt Sundin, Daniel Alfredson have all kind of given their blessing to him and said, this is a guy that needs to be behind an NHL bench and, and needs to be behind one ASAP. So if Nick Lindstrom likes him, yeah, that's good enough for me. But it's a guy that teams have just been hesitant to take the plunge on because he's different, right? Like he's he's a European head coach. Uh, I, it's, I can understand a GM with his job on the line not necessarily wanting to completely go off the beaten path and bring somebody in that might flame out after a couple of seasons. But I really like the way that he talks about hockey. He clearly understands the game. And let's face it, I mean, 30% of the NHL is European. It, it wouldn't kill you to have a guy that can relate with a large number of those players. And the Jets, you know, have shown that they've got a pretty big Finnish, Danish, <laughs> even Swedish contingent. They're not afraid to bring in guys from all over Europe. I would love to see Gronberg get a chance in the NHL. But to me, he just seems like a guy that's outside of True North's comfort zone. So... Keep an eye on him if he gets hired by a team in this coaching cycle, but don't necessarily expect him to come to Winnipeg, even though I think he's going to do a pretty damn good job. The other guy, and, and this is a bit of an interesting one because I, I don't know if he I don't know if he can coach in the NHL next season. And that's Rocky Thompson. Uh, Rocky Thompson was the assistant coach with the San Jose Sharks for the past few seasons, but couldn't coach, had to step down and, and resign this past year because he has a medical exemption that does not allow him or he, he, he can't get the COVID vaccine. He's, he's unvaccinated because of a medical exemption that he has. And because of that, he can't fulfill the coaching duties that are required under the NHL's CBA. So I, I, I don't know if he's, if, if you know, going into next season, if, if maybe that changes and he's given an opportunity to, to work with players. I, I really have no idea how that's going to play out. Uh, it, it, it's a shame if he can't coach because of a medical exemption because he is a really, really intriguing name and a guy that looked to be an up-and-coming superstar in the coaching ranks. You know, and he's interesting because he's one of those rare former tough guy agitator type players. He held that role in the NHL for a long time, but he's completely done a 180 in his coaching career. And he's seen as a really innovative innovative offensive mind and, and somebody that has some really intriguing ideas. He spoke at a conference a few years back, a coaching conference. And after his talk about, you know, offensive strategies and things like that, he was given a standing ovation and really put his name on the radar from that point on, got a coaching gig right off the bat, and was seen as somebody that was going to be behind a bench sooner than later as, as a head boss in the NHL. So... There's a ton of unknown when it comes to Rocky Thompson, but if he gets the chance, maybe he's a completely out of left field guy, but he's somebody that I'm definitely keeping my eye on. And, and maybe he's somebody that, you know, if he doesn't get a head coaching gig here in Winnipeg, maybe he could fill in on somebody's staff as an assistant head coach and, and maybe a backup option at that. The final guy that I have here that we'll get to that I, I think is a pretty... I don't think it's a well-known name. I don't know how many people even know who this guy is, but he's actually my favorite. He's my favorite potential first-time head coach candidate that's out there right now. And that's Mike Vellucci. Mike Vellucci, for those of you that don't know, is an absolute winner at basically any level of hockey that he's coached. Uh, started off as head coach and GM in Plymouth in the OHL, I think. 
I think Plum is in the O. Junior, either the O or the Q. I, I can't remember which one. Uh, but he's, he was the head coach and GM with Plymouth. Actually is one of the few players that was able to win both head coach and manager of the year. And coach Plymouth to a junior title and took them to a Memorial Cup as well. Then moved on to the AHL ranks where he ran the Charlotte Checkers for a number of years. A team that had basically no budget. He took them and yeah, guess what? Won a Calder Cup with Charlotte up against the the Toronto Marlies, who had must have had 10 times the budget that he had in Charlotte. So did a tremendous job with them. Then moved on to coach with the Chicago Wolves with the Vegas Golden Knights franchise. Immediately took them to a Calder Cup final and then moved over to Pittsburgh where he's now been an assistant coach with the Penguins for the past couple of seasons. He's a guy that, I mean, if, if you're looking for a first-time head coach, checks off every single box you could imagine. Been around the game for a long time. He's coached winners at all different levels and a really, really strong proven track record with developing youngsters and creating a cohesive team structure on top of it. I, I really, really think Mike Vellucci is going to be a big, big, big-time diamond in the rough. If the Barry Trotz thing doesn't work out for the Winnipeg Jets, I think Mike Vellucci is certainly a name to keep your eye on. Completely under the radar, I think. But that would be a guy that, you know, not a high-profile name. There, there's no doubt about that. But I think Winnipeg Jets fans would be very, very pleased at the style of play that they would see out of their club if Mike Vellucci was the guy behind the bench. But let me know what you think. Any of the names that I mentioned there, any that I missed, whoever it might be, would love to hear your opinions on this. So hit me up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki or at Skates Plates Pod. If there's anybody that I missed that you would like to know about, if there was anybody that I mentioned that you think yay or absolute nay on, would love to get your thoughts so we could touch on that when we return later in the week for our final episode of the week. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one here. We'll wrap it up. Let's just start sending some positive vibes that, you know, in an episode a couple of weeks down the road, we're talking about the highlights from Barry Trotz's initial press conference as future head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Let's just put that, just picture that in your mind and let's permeate that out of the universe and try to make that one a reality. Put it on, put it on your vision board if you got one at home. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for the episode here. We'll get back at it on Friday to close out the week. We'll talk more about potential head coaches for the Winnipeg Jets and take some further looks at some off-season molding that's going to have to take place for the Winnipeg Jets to get back into the mix. And hopefully we're talking playoff Winnipeg Jets this time next year. Uh, but until then, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Once again, we'll be back at it on a Friday morning. Until then... Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, everybody. And remember, Barry Trotz coming to Winnipeg. Send that out there for the universe. Let's make it happen. Until Friday, we'll talk soon, everybody. Peace.